This that big Bible talk, like that one on granny table. Had that money in the rubber band. Did like Bible pages, now I'm on another page. Giving praise to my creator, big dog, I'ma eat. But it's God over paper, this that big Bible talk. What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Plain James, checking in back for another episode of the Big Bible Talk Podcast. Man, I'm glad to have you guys join me. Thank you for watching on YouTube. Thank you for listening on Spotify, Apple, or whatever platform you're listening on. Um, as always, man, I'm not going to hold you guys hostage. We like to dive into the Word real quick, probably about 15, 20 minutes. Try to look at the scriptures in a real practical way. Try to give you something you can walk away with and apply to your life to help you grow in your relationship with Christ, man. So with no further ado, today we're going to look at a story in the life of David. Y'all know David. David and Goliath, David. Uh, David that was out in the field killing the bears and the lions and all this kind of stuff. But he was also David that messed with Bathsheba. They tried to put her husband on the front line. David did a lot of crazy things in his lifetime. But he was known as a man after God's own heart. So you probably asked the question, how can he be a man after God's own heart with some of the stuff that he did? When he was confronted with his sin... When it was made known that he was wrong and God wasn't feeling what he was doing, he always repented. He didn't disagree with God, trying to make no excuses. He agreed with the consequences. He understood who was in control. He understood who was his source. So when he did wrong, he repented. He was in agreement with God. You see the book of Psalms. He's repenting before God, Psalm 51. He's begging and pleading God for protection against his enemies. He's asking God for his mercy and his grace, never to let him leave out of his presence. He knew who God was in his life. He knew God was his source. So he was a man after God's own heart. Now today we're going to take another account out of the life of David in 2 Samuel chapter 24. This is the account when David wanted to know how big his army was. So he took a census out in the lands of Jerusalem and Judah. He wanted to see how many capable soldiers he had in his army. We're going to read that and then we're going to talk about it. So we're going to start chapter 24, 2 Samuel. Uh, verse 1. I'm reading from the New Living Translation that you following along. And it reads, Once again, the anger of the Lord burned against Israel, and he caused David to harm them by taking the census. Hmm, that's interesting. Go and count the people of Israel and Judah, the Lord told him. So the king said to Joab and the commanders of the army, Take a census of all the tribes of Israel, from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south, so I may know how many people there are. But Joab replied to the king, May the Lord your God let you live to see a hundred times as many people as there are now. But why, my Lord the king, do you want to do this? Joab already knew this wasn't a good idea. He kind of felt it. He like, man, I don't know why you want to do this. We're going to do it because you're the king, but I don't know. So they went on and did the census, and then they found out they had 800,000 capable soldiers in Jerusalem and 500,000 capable soldiers in Judah. That's over a million soldiers, and they said all of them can handle the sword. So that's a pretty big army. But immediately after this, look what happens. But after he had taken the census, David's conscience began to bother him. And he said to the Lord, I have sinned greatly by taking the census. Please forgive my guilt, Lord, for doing this foolish thing. Now we saw in the beginning, it said the Lord's anger burned against Israel. And pretty much it said the Lord told him to take the census pretty much. Not necessarily told him, but he caused David to go ahead and take the census. So why would God be mad at him for doing something that he told him to do? 
In this situation, what God is doing, God sees the heart of man. He knows your heart. He knows your intentions. He knows where you are. Israel had just defeated uh, the Philistines in battle. Big army, they defeated the Philistines. They filling themselves. They were puffed up with pride. That's why his anger burned against them. God had helped them defeat their enemy. God had helped them defeat their adversary. But they're walking around feeling themselves as if it was because they had this large, powerful army and everybody skilled with the sword. That's why they got the victory. So this, this is God's way of showing David what was in his heart at that moment. Your heart was full of pride and arrogance. So go ahead. I'm going to let you feed into that. Go ahead. Take a census and see how big your army really is. So he took the census, saw how big his army was. But then he felt convicted after the fact. He was like, this is not a godly thing. This is not something that a man of God should do. The fact that I agreed to do this and didn't think nothing was wrong, it kind of showed me that I was full of pride and arrogance and ego in that moment. Now I went and did this thing. The fact of the matter is, no matter how big the army was, I know it's not because of the size of the army we got this victory. It was because of God. The hand of God was on us. He the one that gave us the strength. He the one that gave us the wisdom in battle to accomplish this great task of defeating the Philistines. The Philistines were some big jokers. Like Goliath was part of the Philistines. Like they were a strong military power themselves. So it's not just because of your army. You had the living God behind you. So God wanted him to see, yeah, you're feeling yourself. You don't forgot all about me. If it weren't for me, none of this would be possible. So I'm going to let you go ahead and see how big your army is and all that kind of stuff. But then David knew after walking with God for so long, he like, this is not godly character. It's not godly character to be puffed up and arrogant and prideful and take credit for something that God has done. To give credit to the numbers instead of giving credit to God. Now, what does that sound like to you? Look at where we are today. Social media, Instagram. Threads, Twitter, wherever you want, we look at followers. If you're an artist, we look at streams on Spotify and Apple Music. And we gauge our success off of the numbers, off of what we can see. Never mind the will of God. Never mind are we being obedient. We look at the numbers, and the numbers gauge our success. It's people who will not work with other people unless they have certain numbers, certain amount of views. Oh, man, that's not good for my platform. Oh, that's not good for what I'm trying to do. Never mind the fact the Spirit of God may be unctioning you to say, hey, work with this person over here, partner with this person over here. Y'all believe in the same God, serve the same Christ. You can do some things for the kingdom, that'd be great. But if they don't have a certain status, people don't want to deal with them. The book of James, it tells us not to take preferential treatment in no situation. Give anybody preferential treatment. But we do it all the time. You look at what somebody else has and what somebody else is doing, and you gauge their level off of that number, of what you see, and that determines whether or not you want to deal with them. That's no deep, no different than what David did right here. David wanted to see how many soldiers he had, and he felt powerful. He felt mighty. He was full of pride, but then he realized, like I said, this is not the hand of God. This is not the heart that God wants me to have. So he realized, God allowed me to do this to show me who I was. God allowed me to do this so I could see where my heart was in this moment. My heart was not in the right place. I was not in a good place when I did this. I need to correct myself for this. So after this, this is what he did. He says, So Gad came to David and asked him, Will you choose three years of famine throughout your land, three months of fleeing from your enemies, or three days of, of severe plague throughout the land? So God gave him three options. Now think about it. You could have just gave God the credit, gave God the honor that was due and be cool. But since you are full of pride, not innocent people have to suffer because of your pride. You're the king. You're the leader. 
So people have to suffer because of your pride. So the option that they chose, David said, I'm in a desperate situation, but let us fall into the hands of the Lord for his mercy is great. Do not let me fall into human hands. So the Lord sent the plague upon Israel that morning and it lasted for three days. A total of 70,000 people died throughout the nation from Dan in the north to Beersheba in the south. But as the angel was prepared to destroy Jerusalem, the Lord relented and said to the death angel, stop, that is enough. At that moment, the angel of the Lord was by the threshing floor of Aruna and Jebusite. Aruna the Jebusite. So this is what happened. This is the consequence. 70,000 people lost their life as a result of you making one bad choice. Now, we have grace and mercy. We're in a different dispensation or whatnot. But it's still a story and a message to be learned from this story, I meant to say. Your decisions affect more than you. If you're in the body of Christ, a decision that you make can very possibly affect a lot of other people within the body of Christ. If I come out here and say I'm a Christian, and I come online and say something just off the wall, just crazy, people will now then start looking at Christians like, look at him. He's supposed to believe in God. That's why I don't fool with no Christians in the first place. It's bigger than you. It's bigger than me. We represent God. We represent the body of Christ. We can't just look at how things affect us. We have to see the bigger picture of what God is trying to do. Like David, he should have saw the bigger picture. God had something going on. It wasn't about him and his army. It was about the will of God and what he had planned. And because he didn't obey, 70,000 people lost their life. Now, once again, looking at numbers, how many people have gave up on their dreams? Matter of fact, how many folks have gave up on the thing that God told them to do because they didn't see the numbers? They didn't see the immediate uh, gratification. They didn't see the results. God is saying, hey, do this. But you threw in the towel because you didn't see the numbers or the results. You don't know what God was going to do. You don't know what he was preparing you for. But because you didn't see what you wanted to see, you threw in the towel on it. Or like I said earlier, you got a certain amount of numbers. You forgot that God even blessed you with a platform and God even gave you this stuff. So now you're feeling yourself. So now God has to humble you. Do you want to go through that? No. It's better to humble yourself, serve God, keep him in the right, right position in your life. Esteem him highly and not yourself. Esteem others higher than yourself as well. And let God have dominion and take rule over your life that way. As opposed to him having to say, you know what? I'm going to show you what you're really about. Go ahead and do this. God will give you some stuff sometimes. You think it's a blessing. God will give you some stuff sometimes to show you, one, that you're not ready for it. Two, it's not as good for you as you thought it was. And then sometimes you got to remember, you don't even know how to pray. You don't even know what you're praying for. So God is saying your best bet in everything is to trust me and depend on me. Outside of that, you're going to fumble the rock every time. You're going to blow it. You're going to be in the blender every time if you don't trust God. And that's what happened to David right here. So David, um, paraphrasing, he went on, he repented. They had the plagues or whatnot. And then after he repented, they had the plague. He was at peace with God once again. And he moved forward knowing from this day forward, I had to keep God first and not let any kind of power, uh, any kind of position, Anything made me start feeling like I'm that dude or I'm puffed up or I'm, I'm, I'm the man. God is always in control. If it wasn't for him, I would have nothing. So once again, let's go back to today's times. Yeah, you got the numbers. Yeah, you got the status. Yeah, you got all this, you got all that. Ain't nothing wrong with necessarily doing well. If you're selling records, praise God. If you're getting streams, praise God. If a lot of people are following you or purchasing items from your business, praise God. I'm not saying it's a sin that you have that. But what I'm saying is, 
If you have those things, remember first and foremost that any good thing comes from God. Also, if you have those things, they don't define who you are. Christ defines who we are. He gave us purpose. He gave us identity. This is something that you're doing for God. It's not something that you're doing just for you so you can brag and, and uh, talk about yourself and put yourself on this pedestal. That's not what it's about. And next, let's not be so results driven. There's some people out there, you might have five followers. It may appear that nobody cares about what you're doing, but it could be one or two people that you're reaching and impacting and blessing. You probably don't even know about it, but you're impacting those people just off your faithfulness and your obedience to God. Keep doing what God told you to do, despite the results you see, despite how you feel. Despite all that, be obedient to God, and I promise you, you'll be in the best position that you can be in. If you're dependent on numbers and status and fame and all the rest of this stuff and glory to make you feel adequate, to make you feel like you're somebody, it's going to let you down every time. The flesh is never satisfied. You can never have enough followers. You can never have enough money. You never have enough women. You never have enough of nothing. The only thing that can really fulfill you and sustain you is God. It's a genuine relationship with Christ. The one who's keeping you right now, Christ. Who's providing for you right now? Anything that you have, anything good that comes from up above, it comes from heaven. Point blank, period. Nowhere else. So don't believe the hype. Don't let folks put batteries in your back and start gassing you up and you feel like you're just killing it. Always give glory to God because he's the only one that deserves glory. Humans were not designed for praise and honor. We're designed to praise and worship God. That's what we were made for. We commit our bodies and live in sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. That's our reasonable, that's the least we can do for everything that was done for us. Christ didn't hop on that cross and sacrifice himself for us so we can brag on ourselves. If I boast, I'm going to boast in Christ. I'm not going to boast on my following. I'm not going to boast on my bank account. I'm not going to boast on nothing that I own or I possess. I only boast in Christ because without him, I am nothing. David found that lesson out the hard way. But what did David do? He prayed, he repented, he gave an offering. He had to suffer a great loss. He learned that lesson. Now, the scriptures were given for our admonition. So we can learn from these things. Instead of us having to repeat the same mistake, we can see, okay, this is what happens when you're prideful. This is what happens when you trust in yourself. This is what happens when you put confidence in numbers and ability and talent and all the rest of this stuff. This is what happens when you rely on anything but God. You're going to suffer a great loss. Some way, some shape, form, or fashion, you're going to suffer a great loss if you depend on anything else to sustain you outside of God. If you give anything else credit, if you make an idol out of anything, if you esteem anything higher than God, you're going to take an L somewhere. It's guaranteed. So give God some respect, man. Put some respect on his name. Give him the praise and honor that he's due and avoid these type of situations. That was another episode of the Big Bible Talk podcast. I hope you were blessed by it. If you were encouraged, um, affected in any kind of way, in a positive way, man, please like, share, subscribe this podcast. Um, I greatly appreciate the support we've been getting so far, man. Like I said, we're on a journey. We're all growing together. Ain't no big eyes and little U's. We all got room to grow. You know what I'm saying? We all got to dive in this word, try to apply it to our life on a daily basis, man, and try to improve in our relationship with Christ, man. So share, like, subscribe if you feel like you've been blessed by it. Also, man, before I go, I got to mention, you see it, the Big Bible Talk Trucker Hats, man, in collaboration with Verb Society, man. Go to the link in the bio. 
Uh, you can find the merch link to get these hats. It got the big Bible talk on the front. You got the Trap Theology logo on the side, man. So, yeah, man, thank you for everybody who's been supporting so far with that, showing love. If you haven't got yours yet, what you waiting on, man? Go get it. All proceeds go toward ministry. Verb Society, man, it's a solid organization, a solid business. They got the same heart, the same mindset that we have as far as getting the gospel out, impacting lives, um, infiltrating the culture with the name of Christ and with the word of God. So that's why we made this collab. Uh, so if you want to support the ministry, man, we greatly appreciate you going. He also got some other dope products on the, on the website as well. So when you check out this hat, go and check out some of his shirts, his other hats as well. Um, we got some dope stuff on there, like I said, man. There's a Verb Society. Um, so God bless y'all. Thanks again for the support, and we'll see y'all next time. Trap theology. Trap theology. Trap theology. Trap theology.